You're listening to The Awesome Podcast, where we celebrate the achievement and lessons of women-owned food and beverage manufacturing companies in Canada. You're tuning into our session with Yvonne Ernick, who owns T-Rex Distillery. So I started my business 2015, and I have been actually with my husband in, in construction for over 25 years at that point, And I felt like I was getting tired of it. I didn't want to continue with this, but didn't really know what to do. And then my husband said, just out of, of a fun thing, why don't you make gelato again? You know, something I had learned when I was very young and I said, are you crazy? Gelato at the coldest place on earth? Like, I mean, we just immigrated to Canada and, and moved to Edmonton. But that idea got somehow stuck in my head. And then we, uh, we had a project built and actually we had a fire on the construction site. So the whole building that we, that we made burned down. It was arson later on we found, but something happened. And um, I said, wow, that is somehow a sign. You know, it's, it was so devastating to see this, just the smoking leftovers there. And I said, well, I'm not going ahead with that. With construction. So my husband is, is great. He built me a little trailer and within a few weeks I had organized a machine. I had converted the former office into a little gelato kitchen, all health approved and everything. And we were ready. Like I was making gelato during into the middle of the night and the night, next day was the first day of farmer's market in St. Albert. So that's how I wanted to start. It was the coldest day, you can imagine. And we just sold about $100 of gelato. But it was fun. The people loved it. We saw great feedback. And I did it with my son, who was at university at that time, and said, well, I'll, I'll see what happens. So we had really good success at the farmer's markets. And then I decided, so I don't want to have this only a summer business. I want to go all year round. And for that, I have to approach some restaurants who might you know, carry it. And um, I did that with a few local restaurants in Edmonton, and they were willing to take us on. But it was still not enough. And so I thought, well, I loved Famoso Pizzeria at that time. It was a very European pizza. That is what we loved. But we didn't like the gelato they had. <laughs> so I just wrote to them and said, hey, don't you want to try some? You know, maybe that's something we can work together. And they were open to it. And we sent samples. They loved it. And actually, only six months later, we had national distribution with them, were set up as a vendor through Cisco as our distributor and were selling our gelato to BC up to uh, Ontario. And from that, it grew and grew further. And then I had the idea down the road, I wanted to make alcohol gelato. But something that is an easy thing in Germany, here it is way more complicated with all the regulations. And so I was dealing with AGLC about two years how we can make it work. They didn't know how to classify us. And I was giving up many times on the way. And But I always had some people who encouraged me and said, no, it is a great idea. You have to follow through. You have to make it work. And in the end, we made it work. And then what AGLC pretty much said is, well, you need to use your own alcohol. So you should get a distilling license. All right. So we got a distilling license. But we're using this for the gelato. And then we, we made some vodka and somebody said, wow, your vodka is amazing. Why don't you sell this? You know, and, and this is how the distillery started to take off. We are now, I believe, in over 320 liquor stores across Alberta with, with our products. We created more and more products. And now we have gelato, alcohol gelato and spirits. <laughs> so this is 
what happened in the last six years. <laughs> so I think most important for the beginning was to be persistent, like to not give up, to knock on these doors and keep on knocking until somebody opens. And it is sometimes really a very long and can be frustrating process. But it was like in 90% of the cases, it was successful in the end. The longest customer to get uh, took me three years, but I made it in the end. So this is something I would really recommend. Don't give up. Don't think it's you, something personal. Just keep on going. People don't have time. They get a lot of offers. They don't have time to look at emails. Don't be afraid to phone, pick up the phone, because sometimes it's easier to say no to an email or don't even answer the email. But if you have somebody on the phone, it's, it's different. You get sometimes a different answer. So that is definitely something I would recommend. And also what I sometimes find in, um, in women entrepreneurs is that um, they try to be too nice. Um, it's nothing wrong being nice, but um, you need to be a tough negotiator as well. Like in the beginning, I tried to get every contract uh, I, I could, but I was selling myself sometimes too cheap just to get it. And then in the end, you learn, okay, that's not worth it. You're not making any money or enough money on this. It's just not worth the hassle. And this is something that I really learned during the process so that I, I'm not selling myself under value anymore. So this is what it is. This is what my ingredients are. They are absolutely high quality and I cannot sell it for, for cheap because it is really worth it. And so, yeah, believe in your product and um, believe in your value and don't undersell. I had a few bumps in the beginning, but now this is going quite well. As I said, we are moving into a bigger facility soon as well, so which means, yeah, more equipment, improvements on the facilities. So we are also thinking of borrowing more money or bringing in an investor on board. And then you have to ask yourself that question. So what do you really want to do? Do you want to have your focus on manufacturing, producing and following, you know, that you want to do this path instead of worrying all the time about money and, and being your bookkeeper all the time? I just realized a few weeks ago, I thought, wow, we're in the sixth year and yeah, we're still going and growing. That is nice. We're not taking steps back. So we are, we are moving forward. And I think with a lot of smaller achievements, like getting this one big customer, you know, you're after these, these little things, you celebrate yourself in between. I've been in a, in a man's world for many years due to the previous construction experience. And I sometimes have the feeling I can take more stress than my male counterparts. Also, I find sometimes women are more capable of doing the multitasking thing, which we are really good at. And it depends. I still think there is positive and negative stress. And for me, if uh, sales orders are rolling in, orders are coming, this is totally positive stress where I really flourish and take my strengths out of it the more I have to do. And there were many situations in the past where I got a big order and I said, yay, and I had no idea how to do this. And we figured it out, you know, and there is night shift and there are weekends, you know, but you make it work. And in the end, it, you grow with this, you know, you, you're proud of yourself that you made it and you really grow. 
So this is a good thing. Negative stress, yes, of course. Sometimes, me too, we take it too personal. Sometimes it can be personal, you know, how it's addressed. And this is where I'm glad I have my family. We can discuss things. We can talk it through what happened today. And then, and then you get different views. I mean, I have my husband and two sons, so all male. I'm the only female here. But it's, it's interesting then to get it from a different direction, how they see things and their advice. And that helps a lot with coping. And, and then there's always my weightlifting that I love to do. So that is good for some stress. Your customer is the most important person in your business, so you should do well in, in listening to them and, and see what they are doing, where they are steering to. Like we uh, we changed, for example, gelato flavors because the plant-based scene is, is getting more and more, it's growing more and more. So we adapted with that and kept on growing on that part as well. I'm always getting the customers confused regarding the gelato. Then they ask, so you make German gelato? No, I make, I'm a German, but I make Italian gelato. <laughs> it's super confusing. But that also is a story of immigration because the gelato came to Germany because of Italian immigrants who came to Germany, you know, when they were looking for workers in the 50s and the 60s, they brought their pizza, their gelato to Germany, like we didn't have this stuff before. I actually learned from an older Italian gelato maker, I learned my trade when I was 17. So this is where I got my knowledge from. And now I brought this via Germany to Canada. So a German making Italian gelato in Canada. What I definitely learned is to be super flexible in, in the whole business. We changed our course many times from uh, being a little trailer business, going to full steam with national distribution, then going another route with bringing pints to market in, in retail. And then uh, when the distillery started then and, and COVID started, we made from one day to the next hand sanitizer because there was a huge demand for that. This was really maneuvering through the waters very quickly, adapting and creating a label to see where we get the, the licenses for it. So that was to be right on the spot and, and fast with that. I found that was something I learned and we were good at in the end. And uh, that helped the business a lot so that you don't wait too long or be hesitant. You just jump on it. It might not always work out. Yes. Well, lessons learned. And you cannot plan everything 100%, I find. You have to take some, some chances and, and try things out. But again, being uh, flexible and to adapt quickly to new situations, I think that is it's good for if, if an entrepreneur has that and it helped me a lot, definitely. Thank you for listening to the awesome podcast where we celebrate the achievement and lessons of women-owned food and beverage manufacturing companies in Canada. Learn more about our community at beawesome.ca. 